わさびアニメすごいですね The views and opinions expressed during Convention Nerds are solely those of the personalities, hosts, and or guests appearing on the broadcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Green Mustard Entertainment Inc. or any other agency, organization, event, partnership, employer, or company. And we are live on Twitch in the tubes of the interwebs. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to the ninth episode. Apparently, the last episode we couldn't count. So, this is the hey, ninth episode. We talk about conventions. Of, we don't count. We don't count for We don't count. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's <laughs> ninth episode of Convention Nerds. Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time,、uh, my name is Tom Kroom. In 2001, I started an anime club to impress a girl.、Uh, it did work、uh, because、uh, eventually she married me. And <laughs> that anime club became Wasabi Anime, which is now a company that、uh, gets hired by pop culture conventions to design Asian based pop culture entertainment, anime, manga, things like that.、Uh, and we own our own shows.、Uh, it's, it's kind of a whole conglomerate thing.、Uh, but while I was, I was developing and coming up with, with my club,、uh, one of the early conventions I went to was a convention called JCON, the Japanese Animation Convention in Orlando, Florida, at the University of Central Florida. And as I walked in, there was some、uh, nut guy、uh, standing at the front of the room with a couple of other lesser informed guys talking about Transformers. So I felt it was my right, nay, my duty to sit there in the back of the room and be that condescending jerk that constantly raised his hands and corrected everything they said.、Uh, and at that point,、uh, I eventually became friends with that guy.、Uh, and he is my co host, Ken Joey Snackpants Nabby, who is、uh, the, the、uh, co host.、Uh, Co owner and operator of Green Mustard Entertainment with me, aka Wasabi Anime. And I'll let、uh, Ken tell you how he got into this <coughs> horrible world of, of conventions and nerd events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1992, I broke up with my girlfriend. That's, what, that's the story I'm sticking with. She broke up with me, or I broke up with her. Yeah. You see, Freudian slips there. And、uh, I got back involved in anime with the Japanese Animation Club of Orlando.、Uh, we started JCon in 2000. That's where I met Tom in 2000, 2001. We brought him into the fold in 2002,、oh. which is hilarious that Tom now does this for a living and I do it part time as we were the idiots starting this stuff. But、uh, yeah,、mm-hmm. I just don't have i don't have the constitution for this any longer. So I h e l p e d Tom、uh, versus、uh, Tom helping me. So how many years? And how many years? as you've been paying attention,、uh, for those of you following the show since we started, Every episode, we've tried to make sure that we're not repeating、uh, regions and trying to pick different <laughs> reasons for our conversations.、Yeah. Uh, so, we literally now have a map that we keep and track where we're going all across、uh, so far North America.、Uh, and so, when we made our, our, our latest choice, it was literally from the fact that we've talked to,、uh, to conventions about challenges of you know, running shows in, in California and Los Angeles. Uh, which are you know, differing、uh, challenges from a, sh- a state like Texas. And we got curious what's it like to try to run a pop culture event on an island, which has to have its whole other set of operational nightmares yeah, that we haven't talked to、yeah. about yet? So we have Stephanie from Hawaii Con. Stephanie, if you can introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you. Sure.、Um, so. Uh, I started going to conventions because I'm a scientist, and a really good friend of mine who、um, is one of the convention chairs at Shore Leave in、uh, Towson, Baltimore, Maryland, asked me to come、mm-hmm. be a speaker there one time. And I was like, oh man, I've never been to one of these. I've always wanted to go, but I never had anybody to go with. And I said, you know, 
before I go to your convention, I'm going to just go, you know, I'm going to go to Dragon Con. It's in Atlanta. It's near home oh. and see what a convention's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a good starter con. Right, right. <laughs> just, just walk right into it. It's like starting at 11. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was any real difference between any of them. Right. So I went to Dragon Con and I went, oh, I like like everyone does. I said, I have found my people. What year was that? And, what year did you go to your first? Oh, golly. So this is probably 12 years ago now. Oh wow! Okay, we so, were there. Yeah, we were that one. <laughs> I think we might have. Did you go? To, did you go to the masquerade that year? Because we won right around then a couple times. Um, I usually don't go because um, I'm I'm out and about in the evenings, uh, getting getting around masquerade time. Um, my my business part of Dragon Con is starting to wind down, and my party part of Dragon Con is starting to wind up. So oh, yeah. I often, masquerade hits right there at the witching hour for me. Um, but I, I went and I started speaking as a scientist at mm -hmm. these conventions. And mm -hmm. um, then I was asked to speak as a scientist at HawaiiCon. And then the next year I was asked to run the science track at HawaiiCon. And then the next year I was run to, asked to be the program director at HawaiiCon. And then... Um, <laughs> As you get so, sucked deeper so, and deeper in. Yes, yes. And so, um, so now I... The, the show already existed when you got there then. Mm -hmm. um, how did Hawaii Con actually get started? So um, I think that there's a whole bunch of forces out here. You know, we are, we are the most isolated set of islands on the planet Earth, right? Yes. Um, even though there are flights usually coming in and out, we're, we're out here in the middle. Yet we're one of the most popular places for movies to be filmed. Mm -hmm. And um, this island in particular, you know, we've got 13 different biomes right here. So we've got waterfalls and we've got snow encrusted mountaintops. And we got- Which island are you on? Um, I'm on the big island. Okay. So it's literally oh, okay. the big one. Most yeah. people think that's Oahu, but Oahu is kind of a small island. That's where Honolulu mm -hmm. and Waikiki right. is. I'm on the big one that has the volcanoes that erupt pretty much all the time. Although ours has been quiet for about a year or so now. I, I've, so, I've been waiting for the window for this. My wife and I went to Hawaii for the first time, literally this time last year we were there. And we hit Big Island, Oahu, and Maui. And when we were on Big Island, we stayed at Volcanoes National Park. So I speak a little bit of it, but it's, you're right. That place was huge when I got there. It is otherworldly. And um, particularly down there by Volcano, you know, and you probably flew into Kona. And when you do, you know, you, you're mm -hmm. flying in over this place and you're like, what? What happened to this land? It's like somebody bombed it out. But you're really looking at at dried lava that's just been rolling downhill for a few thousand years. Um, and you go down there to Volcano, and it looks like the set from a Chronicles of Riddick movie, right? I mean that you know oh, it the does. movie it looks like, out Yeah, well, it looks like it's Mars, all black. We, we did the drive um, leaving the park and drove all the way down to the coast, and and that is nothing but dried lava bed. And you and I, you know, everybody takes their photos like a good tourist that place looks like you are literally on another planet. Yeah, so a great film location, right? And I live on the, the wet side of the island, so um, it's okay. actually stopped raining right now, but I've been being rained on for five days straight, and we have all the waterfalls over right. here. We've got whales. We've got everything, so it's a great place to film movies. Um, so it seemed like a place where we could have a convention and we could actually help build the movie um, industry here because most filming still occurs over on Oahu. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a group of people who were interested in that and another group of people who thought, wow, well, 
if you're going to be bringing in all this talent and we are really, really remote, what a great way to create educational opportunities for the kids and for the community on our island, mm -hmm. right? So um, we're kind of a weird convention, not just because we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, but we are 100% nonprofit. Um, so okay. all of all of our revenue at the end of the year, even we even blow out our um, what do you call it, our our treasury, um, our our bank of money that we should be holding on to. We even blow out that money at the end of every year, and we give it to education projects on the island. Hmm. Interesting. It's amazing. So and so it started. So it basically started from and and, and this sounds. I mean. Uh, two other examples I can give you is obviously Anime Expo and, and anything in anime or in Los Angeles at this point was, you know, they're in a location to do that. But also this is pop culture conventions. Uh, I work with one called Fan Expo Vancouver, started figuring out the same sort of formula, which is the actors are here anyway. Um, so why not make use of it? And honestly, especially over the past five yeah. years plus, that's been an advantage in Atlanta. So so Hawaii kind of, kind of started as a fusion of um, uh the actors are here anyway, or, you know, let's get them here because they're close anyway. Um, so, you know, an easy transport piece. And then you guys are going for an educational piece. Um, <laughs> so if you had to describe kind of, you know, uh, like Hawaii Con now, I mean, is it a pop culture convention? Is it a crossover? How would you describe mm -hmm. it? So, so one of the, I, I don't know if I'm breaking up. You're frozen. Nope, for we me. can hear you. Okay. Um, so be because we're out here in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and because um, because hotel contracts are always we, we don't have a convention center so we're at a hotel we're hey, we're okay. at one of we hold our convention at the most beautiful resorts in the Pacific right mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to be able to make your hotel bill so we actually run three conventions at once HawaiiCon oversees all of them and it's the HawaiiCon pop culture convention. And at the same time, we run a convention called uh, Science Fiction Popular Cultures, which is where um, researchers, scientists, philosophers, psychologists who study the genres come and present mm -hmm. their work. And um, that helps us with our hotel and with our F&B. And it also provides a lot of programming. So at, at HawaiiCon, because their programming is part of our bigger programming, um, we have some pretty elevated panels that go on. Some pretty, some you know, stuff. yeah, you know, um, we do a lot on ethics and AI, you know, what, what's, are, are the droids in Star Wars slaves? Is their treatment <laughs> ethical? Mm. Right? So that's, everybody wants to do that panel every year. It's really popular. Um, what's the economics of building a space station? You know, what's the economics of building the Death Star? Could you have really done that or no? Um, what are the weapons choices in The Walking Dead? You know, and are they good weapons choices? Are they the weapons you should have chosen if you were going to the zombie apocalypse? We'll have a lot of those kind of conversations. And we also run um, the Pacific Steam Teaching uh, Association Conference. So all the, the science and arts teachers from around the Pacific Basin come to our convention and talk about how to use anime, comics, sci-fi, fantasy um, to get students involved in art, English, science, math, those yeah, kind of things. So we, we kind of hold each other up because um, the economics of holding a convention out here is really tough. Yeah. That, that, so you, you've talked that a little bit. Uh, you know, Tom and I, have, our first time we ran an event outside of Florida, 
and the contracts we were looking at. Cause we, we start, we had our birth in Florida and Florida's got very tourist environment, mm -hmm. you know, talking about room blocks. We are always looking at what seasons to make sure that we can maximize our rooms and still have what we needed. We didn't tying in the convention space, but Hawaii, it got to be a completely different piece. And is there really an off season in Hawaii? I mean, yes. So we're in mud season. Our, our options really were to be in the late spring, uh -huh. you know, so before, before summer vacation time, but after winter vacation time or in the fall. Right. And for us, we went with the fall because if we go in the spring, everybody says it's great, but um, there's all these conflicts and, and there's an anime convention in our state that is the only good weekend in spring. And we just thought we would be real jerks to right. plop our convention right. down on top of there. So we didn't do that. Well, so, say, there's, um, there's very few, there's two other shows I know of. There's Kawaii Con, which I think is the anime con. And then there's mm -hmm. something called Amazing Something Con. You have that in your state too? Yeah, Amazing Honolulu. That's a Jimmy J show. Okay. And that used to be in summertime. And now okay. um, he's holding it in February. And it's, it's sort of your expo kind of show. Um, okay. I, I I attend all of the other shows in the state because I think we should be really supportive of each other. Um, but mm -hmm. we also have Maui Comic Con, which is a small convention that's free to the public that's held at Maui, um, the University of Hawaii Maui campus. And that okay. really, really focuses on comics. And Kauai, not Kauai like cute, but Kauai like the island yeah. now holds oh, a convention. Okay. okay. And um, I think they're in summertime. And then there's also Honolulu Comic-Con, which is in August. Um, and that is run by the same guys who own Kauai-Con, which okay. is held in April. So that's, okay. so there's there's some sort of like big players who run other conventions in other parts of the country. And then there's the homebrew fan run right. conventions, us, Maui, Kauai are really those. So. Well, and that's, that's actually a norm. So it's interesting to hear you talk about that because you know, stepping into the conversation, exploring your state as a uh, area for pop culture events, uh, my mind went to, you know, the thing you brought up first, which is it's got to be damn expensive. Um, you know, it's, we've done shows in LA, you know, and doing a cost in LA versus doing a cost in Austin, you know, we're apples and oranges. Right. Um, but the fact that that many other shows have kind of grown in that same region and just like I said there, there's some of the corporate shows that come into this you know we, we have contracts we're, we're, we're considered a small business as green mustard um, but we have contracts with like Informa pop culture which is like one of the largest companies on the planet for doing these things um, and they come into those regions so it, it sounds like you have you know not to make it sound like uncool but you guys have the same normal ecosystem as far as pop culture events that the rest of us have which is your yeah. homegrown homebrew um you're small to mids and then your corporate shows to kind of come into the same yeah. area so that's a lot of show for because uh, i mean commuting is easy because yeah. i've learned when i was there that you know you take the plane it costs like you know less than 50 bucks to hop an island uh however staying on each island and figuring that out i, I saw the cost difference literally jump like maui is the most expensive and you know um, you know, it's so it's so weird because when we look at our breakdown for who attends our show, the majority mm -hmm. of our attendees are from Hawaii Island. Um, but then the next biggest group of our attendees is from the mainland and international. Right. right the right. smallest, the smallest number of attendees that we have are from the other Hawaiian islands because right. for 
nobody on Oahu flies to any other islands for anything because we are the boonies to them. And, um, and I don't know, people in Hawaii just don't fly inner island very often unless they're commuting for work. So it's, it's, um, it's when we market, we really don't we, market to the other islands. When we were in Maui before we went driving uh, the, the road to Hana, I think is what we did. Mm -hmm. We went that morning and we saw a small little indie coffee shop. And that's my thing in cities I go to. We stopped at this coffee shop and we're ordering, you know, hey, I'll buy some of your beans too. And we're talking to the woman and it's this one woman that runs it with her friend. It was really cool. We're talking. And like, yeah. And she's like, so you guys are vacationing. We did this. We we're just there. And now we're going to big island in a couple of days. And she goes, oh, I've, I've never been been off of this island. And it just, it floored me that you would live in a chain of islands, but that was my first experience. And then you're reiterating the fact that I guess if you live there, you know, to me, it was like, oh my God, I want to check out every island at least once at some point, but the locals just don't seem to, to care. It's where they live. They'll stay on their island and that's it. Yeah. So the majority of our, of our students um, never leave this. If they're born on this island, they never leave this island before they graduate high school. Interesting. Wow. So um, I was I was taking a before the Kofifi, I um, took a flight over to Oahu because I was you know I wasn't born here so for me I fly inner islands right. no big deal, but I yeah. was I was on the escal I was walking towards the escalator behind this father and son, and the the son was high school age, and walked up to the escalator and didn't know what to do, and the dad had to tell him how to get on the escalator because there's no escalator on this entire island. Because it's a flat, so, yeah. Um, he had never seen an escalator before and he was probably a senior in high school. So when when we can get, you know, when, when I can get John Reese Davies to come here and give um, uh, motivational talks to our high school kids or Terry Brooks comes every year and he judges our student writing contest and he does writing workshops with our students and it's free for our kids, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I could just, you know, sort of go down the list of really, really famous scientists and actors and artists who come here and, you know, we, we do, there's, there's no point in us having a, a Hall H or a Hall right. L or K or J or any of them. Um, we don't have one. Almost all of our programming is really small and, and that is, so that's a challenge working with the guests because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a lot of them are used to, right? Like, you know, you've, you've probably seen the, their standard contracts from right. certain agencies and they've got an, a 10 hour schedule per day of what they're supposed to be doing, right? And they go and they give one panel talk that's a solo and they give one panel talk with somebody else from their show. And then they go sit in the Walk of Fame and they sign and sign and sign and sign and sign. Yeah. And ours is like, well, so the first thing we need you to do is we're going to have a welcoming cocktail hour for just our guests. And the next thing we need you to do is we're going to have um, an opening prayer because it's Hawaii and that's what we do. So right. I, I blow the conch shell and, right. <laughs> and, and we say a prayer and that's how we start. And, um, and then I need you to sign like one hour a day. But I need you to understand that nobody is going to buy any photos or autographs from you because our island is poor and it's also just weird. It's not Hawaiian to pay somebody for their signature, right? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel right. Uh. Um, and I really don't want you to talk about your show for four hours. 
really, please, please don't do that. I want you to do something you've, that you really like, right? So um, I had a bunch of Viper pilots from Battlestar Galactica bake cookies with our guests, right? And that was, that was one of their four hours of programming. But it's really hard to get, they're so used to what the big shows are like and what's expected of them that when we, we want them to come here and just interact like a regular human being, it takes them about two days to figure out what it is that we're talking about. And then they're like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Can I come back next year? And I'm like, no, well, I can't afford you. <laughs> so, so two questions then. So the first one is what you're describing then is, cause, cause you know, having done this for 20 years we've kind of seen the evolution happen. Um, you know, my first convention was 1980. Um, wow. and hey, 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 hey. George Decay, and it's just right? like you described. And the thing I never bring up when I tell, I, I told the story a hundred times of, oh, I went there and I was 15 years old, et cetera, et cetera. It was, uh, you didn't have to pay for autographs back then. Right. It was included with your price. And it was kind of that more casual thing because I remember George telling everybody, hey, you know, oh my, I'm getting up. He was getting up in the morning and going jogging and invited anybody at the con to go with him. And there's a whole contingent right. of them that got up in the morning and they all went for the morning jog with George Decay. So yep. that is kind of an old school. So, you know, kind of matching yeah. what you said, like, hey, lower tech area, that is the old school model, which is amazing mm-hmm. to see it's, it's, it's still sustainable. Um, my two questions, the first one is, um, who would you say is the biggest name guest you've had at Hawaii Con? So, um, well, if, if you asked, if you asked anybody at Hawaii Con who's been coming for a few years, who our collective favorite guest ever is, it's Nichelle Nichols. And, okay. and she's, she's been with us twice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, oh gosh, Walter Koenig has been with us twice. Okay. And um, we've had John, Jonathan Frakes and we last year had John Reese Davies. Next year, we're gonna have Adam Baldwin. Um, yeah, and you know, it's, a, it's so crazy the way cons are. Because right. you go to you go to San Diego, which I don't want to like rain on their parade, but I, I worked the vendor hall there one time. I would never actually buy a ticket because yeah. um, there's nothing that you get for the ticket that's something I want to do. Yeah. Um, because the hierarchy between you and the famous people is so big. And then you go to Dragon Con and it's a little smaller, right? Like you can go up and just hug the bionic woman in the Walk of Fame and it's amazing. Yeah. And then you go to a, a smaller show and, you know, there's only one bar. So you walk into the bar at night and Spock is sitting there and you wind up having a beer with him. And that's great. Um, but at Hawaii Con, you're sitting there at the bar and Nichelle Nichols comes down and sits next to you and asks you if she can have a cup of tea with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because we're so isolated, there's there's, there's only to so go. far. You can't go anywhere else. <laughs> So you think about this, right? You guys have been around the con world for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, can you just invite any old guest into an environment like that? No, you cannot. No. There's well, something you can't invite. Yeah, it takes a, it's a different spin. I mean, the con environment's changed so much since, you know, first JCon was 2000. And, you know, some of the guests we tried to get in 2000 and what they were asking for. And then we start talking contracts and, you know, Back then, they didn't have appearance uh, agents. They only had their talent agents, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things why Tom, Tom, and I do talent booking as well, is because we there's a gap there. There was a gap in which talent agents were just 
overpricing their guests over over and over again. But there's yeah. been like some events where we've been. I mean, Dragon Con's a good example of, you know, you suddenly turn around and you're in the elevator with the entire cast of Stargate Atlantis because they're going to their event on the 27th floor of the Marriott. You know, uh, that was Tom's wife and I in elevator one time going, yeah, okay. And, you know, Tom and I had very interesting interaction with LeVar Burton in an elevator going down to the bar one time. So, um, <laughs> you know. It's, 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 but they've got, it's what the guest now has gotten used to. Mm-hmm. What are their previous yes. events? Yeah. Well, and let me jump in here real quick. So Ken brought up a great example. We're not going to use the name here, but um, the first, second JCon, there was a guest that was brought in uh, and it was actually their first convention. And I think their fee for appearing there and they signed for free was $500 the production company paid half, half yep. J-Con paid half. And that, that's what that person made doing that con. And that right. person wow. now appearing at a show will request a minimum of a $10,000 guarantee because um, they'll make that much money selling there. So, so it is yeah. fascinating to see, it, which kind of leads into my second question I had for you. So the first one was, who's your amazing? And, and, and it seems like you guys are really big on Star Trek, which, hey, that's how I got into this too. So I'm, I'm all a fan. Yeah, I'm looking um, at the page. I'm disappointed there's no Godzilla for, for Pacific Island. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like that. It's black so, so we'd really like to get, um, <laughs> we'd really, really like to be able to bring some of the Japanese um, actors over. And we've been contacted by, um, like basically all the dudes who've ever been in a Godzilla suit who are still alive. The only problem is most of them don't speak English right. and most of uh-huh. our attendees don't speak Japanese. So um, we haven't figured out how to manage that translator piece yet. Well, it's, but- it's funny because you bring that up and that was one of the demographic things I noticed is Oahu is where Honolulu is, right? Cause I'm screwing mm-hmm. this up, I'm sure. And there's such a huge Japanese population there and Japanese influence, Maui, none whatsoever. And then by the time we got to Big Island, it was more like locals versus, you know, I hate to use the term, but, but my Japanese friend was the one to point out. It's like, oh, you go to, go, to, go to Maui? Yeah, that's where all the white people live. So it was a mixed population with a lot of Japanese, the, the white people island. And then when we got to Big Island, it was a lot of the natives. Um, yeah, we're a real mixed bag. And Big Island has always, there, there are old Hawaiian proverbs that are like, you know what? Don't be a bad chief down in Kau because they will kill you, and that's because they do, right? Okay. But, um, Big <laughs> Island is really rural, and um, we're a really a mix of uh, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Native Hawaiian, uh, okay. Native Euro- um, European, uh, and a lot. Of, and I know this is going to sound weird. There's there's European, it's a white uh, Holly like me, and then there's Portuguese. Ah, which is an mm-hmm. ethnic, an yeah, ethnically yeah, different yeah, yeah. group, right? And so we're really like, we're like the old South of, of the Pacific here. And um, we do really well together. But in terms of the, the money, right? In terms of bringing guests in, I mean, for us, there's two things. First of all, um, there, are, there are guests who really like fans and there are guests who don't. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah no no we know <laughs> right? that trust us <laughs> yeah oh and, trust us <laughs> and so um i go creeping at, at conventions all over the country and i stand there and i just watch 
yeah. the guests interact yeah. with with the fans. And when mm -hmm. I see somebody that's just like a, a rock star, I go up and I give them my card and I'm like, I don't know if we can make this work, but you're so great with the fans. You would be such a great fit at Hawaii Con. And, and that, that's, and you're going in kind of into my second question, which is, I'm assuming at some point, and again, as Ken kind of hinted at one of the things, so Green Mustard is a conglomerate. We do own a talent booking company, which actually represents a number of actors on top of everything. So it's Wasabi Anime, we own cons, it's, it's, it, we, yeah. it's, it's a mess, but it's cool. But um, in doing that, knowing what we know behind the scenes and then also when booking for other shows, the cost of these, I'm assuming, and this is just a guess, that you're probably offsetting or motivating lower costs strictly on the basis of, you know, who's going to say no to, uh, so would you like to come to Hawaii? You know what I mean? And I'm assuming that probably but comes But Tom, it's the big island. Doesn't matter. So, I've been to the big island. It's awesome. So, so we do. A, um, so some of it is. Let's just say I'm at another convention and it's in the evening, and I see a guest who's there, um, who I think is just blooming. Like I'll just say a name, right? So I was at Shore Leave last year. So this has been 2019, and I watched mm -hmm. Ethan Peck interact with guests, mm -hmm. and I thought that man is a rock star. So um, I walk, there's only one bar at the hotel where they are. So I walk in and there he is hanging out with fans. So I pulled him to the side and I said, you're, you're awesome. We'd love to have you, but we can't pay much because this is what we're about. And he goes, wow, that sounds really great. Yeah, I'll do that. And I said, you have to understand that I, I can't pay you a lot of money and you're not going to make a lot on autographs. Not that we don't love you. We will hug mm -hmm. you, but we're not going to buy your autograph. And um, he goes, yeah, that's cool. And, and others where, you know, um, you talk to their agent and they won't roll out of bed for less than a $10,000 guarantee. It would yeah. not matter where the convention right. is being held. Oh yeah. Priorities. Um, but the other well, is we do investigating. Ethan, so I know what it costs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the other is um, we do investigating. So if we're really interested in this particular person, because a variety of factors, we try to figure out what it is that matters to them. And uh, yeah. And maybe you find out that what that person really loves is golfing. And you say, so, <laughs> so I don't have much money, but I could bring you in for the whole week and I can get you onto some of the best golf courses in the world. Yep. How about that? I, I can get you on the golf courses that you can't get onto. You can't buy your way onto them. Not yeah. that I can do it because I'm not a member, but fans are. Um, or maybe what this person really, really loves, this person loves their mama and loves the ocean. So we say, hey, let us bring out you and your mom and we will book you to go snorkeling and go swimming with the manta rays. So, yeah. and, 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 and we would really, really like it if you could stop by a couple of our schools and talk to our kids. And some people are like, yes. And some people are like, no, I still want ten thousand dollars, and I'm like, well, I don't have it. So it's some of the advantage yeah. we had in Orlando. Um, yeah, you know, pull that as well. But they could bring their families, right? You fly in their whole family instead of just them. Well, we got we that's we we pulled one guest once that had never appeared in the United States and ever, and um, it was a big deal for us. And the way we literally closed it with them was, hey, um, you know, uh, I, I knew from information. 
uh, I'm just going to point out to my wife in the background that every time you text me, it pings onto the mic, sweetheart. I love you. Stop it. Um, so um, we we would uh, we booked this person by finding out that she had uh, had twins 11 years ago. So I wrote this person a note that literally said, "Hey, I know you don't do conventions, but you have a huge fan base." Uh, I own a small convention in Orlando, Florida, and it takes place 1.7 miles away from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Please let me know if you'd want to come. And so it had to go through her uh, agent, her other agent, and finally I just got a random phone call one day, and she goes, you know, I don't do shows, but I, I think I'd want to go. And uh, and she goes, you want to know why? And I'm like, I'm, I'm guessing it's because you have two 11-year-olds. And I said, we're right next to Universal's Harry Potter. She goes, that's exactly it. And we did, that's what we do is we flew her, you know, I uh, got a hotel for her whole family, brought the family out, and they all went and did that and did our show at the same time. And, and that was kind of the lore to it. And again, just going back to your show, that seems like a, a huge mass appeal. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, just like I said, golfing, uh, national parks, there's a volcano there, or just here's the ocean in the middle of nowhere. Um, so and and that's, that I'm, I'm assuming that's part of the success you guys have had with these guests. Yeah. And you know what? It's actually a really good filter, right? When we explain to them the kind of experience we want them to have. And when, you know, we also say we're, we are welcoming you to our island and we want to show mm -hmm. you our home. And when the convention's over, we'd like you to stay for three days because we're going to take you to the volcano. We're going to take you to the waterfalls. We're going to take you to a, a bunch of places that tourists normally can't get to, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we want to share our home with you. Uh, to thank you for the decades of love and entertainment that you've brought to our families. We don't have a lot of money, but we're culturally rich and we want to share that with you. And, and a lot of them, a lot of people say, yay, that's great. But you know, some of those agents really, we've had to, we never do a contract working around an agent, but sometimes we have to go around the agent to get to the person <laughs> because it's in the agent. The agent's job is to make money for themselves and for the the actor. Um, and you know, I don't blame them. We're agents. Well, we, we always do it. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, whenever we talk to, and again, I own an agency. We're agents, but you know, when I approach somebody that's not ours, I, you know, because I have direct access to so many celebrities, I'll, I'll always say, and, and it's the play thing to do, like, hey, want you to do ABC. Please, do you want me to just send you a contract or please let me know what agent to send it to? And so you're not being rude, but you're opening the door for the, you know, how do you want to handle this? And, it, you know, it, it depends on which direction they want to go. And, and again, like your case, uh, you know, it seems like, again, less of a financial motivator than a, you know, here's an excuse if I'm not, <laughs> not traveling all the time. Because some of these guys, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that we work with, I know are doing uh, the appeal of, I, I did a show. Yeah. I did a show in Europe with somebody and the, uh, the celebrity that was with me came out with me and I'm like, Oh my God, we're in Europe. Let's make sure we do some stuff. And they were just like, I just want to make sure I get my check and go home. And it was because they do this so many weekends, the allure of here's your location wasn't there for them versus there are other ones. Yeah. That it's like, Hey, it's a small show. It's a small fee. However, it's in this location, which is phenomenal. And here's a picture and they go, oh my God, let's go. You know, and we've done, and even as, you know, as Wasabi Anime, uh, we get booked as Wasabi Anime to do shows, um, to develop all the anime programming for them. And we've, we, we've done, I, I know like, like Ken and I've had a conversation like, oh, we want to do this, we want to do one of that. 
why are we doing this show? Uh, because it's here and yeah. we'll do it yeah. once. And because we, we've never been, we'll go and see if it's cool. And, you know, I did, uh, I think it was last year, I finally did something in Reno. And I'm like, I, I've been to Reno. I can say I've been to Reno. I never need to go back to Reno. To Reno. But I've been, <laughs> but yeah, the appeal of going there. Um, so, so, so we kind of have a, a picture of your show, which is, it's amazing how it kind of extends in all these other pieces. Like what year, uh, last year, how many years has Hawaii kind of been running? Last year, 2019 was our sixth year. This year was our seventh year. Um, okay. Obviously, we we couldn't have our face-to-face, and we were really reluctant to do a virtual because what makes HawaiiCon special is our really, like, we're a really high-touch experience. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is high-touch in general, right? Everybody here is always sharing food and hugging and kissing each other and everything. Um, but it's high-touch with uh, celebrities as well. It's kind of mm-hmm. a neat way for them to recharge their batteries if they've done a lot of shows where they're just signing, signing, signing. Um, so we were reluctant about the virtual. But then we, um, our whole purpose is serving the kids of our island. And mm-hmm. they certainly didn't need it less this year. So um, we ran a virtual convention. We had 150 hours of programming. And um, we had as many people register for our virtual and actually attend. So we, we set up a system where we were able to keep track of who was actually in one of the events at any given time. And mm-hmm. we had as many attendees as our face-to-face. And we had more than a thousand school kids attend mm-hmm. as a field trip. So it was a really great experience, um, but it wasn't... It wasn't the same, obviously. And, you know, we're oh, no. really concerned about next year. Oh, we're in September and we're still concerned about it. Oh, we just, we, we own a show in October and I moved to October of next year. But, and then the, the large company Fan Expo we work with uh, just three weeks ago, took all of the shows that we had the first six months and moved it in the second six months, um, which, which, which raises a good question. So um, wow. you're talking about virtual attendance. How many, uh, you know, last year you had a, a physical show. How many people show up for the show? So we give away, um, we have last year, we, the year before last, we had 700 school kids attend for free as a field trip on Island. And then okay. we um, were bumping up to eight and this year was supposed to be a thousand dollars. And I would like to just say, we'd like to thank the Roddenberry Foundation um, for a very generous grant that they give us that helps support the kids attendance. Um, awesome. And that's Rod Roddenberry and his foundation. Okay. Um, but we have a, about 2,000 people who attend. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of conversations about whether we want to be bigger than that or mm-hmm. not. How big can we go before we lose our souls is the question. Yeah. And then the other question is, if you don't get bigger, um, then you're always a little bit scraping by. And our yeah. purpose is to serve the kids. So... If we had, lar- if we if we advertised hard and we increased our attendance, we would be able, be able to support more programming on the island. And, so- and you bring you bring something up, Stephanie. That uh, Tom and I used to have challenges running a convention in the middle of the peninsula. I used to always talk about the bullet. Mm-hmm. Tom probably just drove nuts. So we always talk about the fifty mile bullet. These are the people that we're going to get. They're fifty mile radius from mm-hmm. us. These are people we're going we're going to get. And uh, we had discussion with uh, with Anime Matsuri regarding being on the coast, and your fifty mile bullet is in the water. Mm-hmm. You're on an island. 
and the 50 mile <laughs> bullet is a lot of it's in the water. Um, how, how do you, you got to pay the bills at the end and you're yeah. still trying to make money for your charity. You're still trying to get your charity events. Um, how do you handle bringing in the heads? There's only so many. That's why I used to watch, used to watch dog, the bounty hunter. I'm like, it's on Island. Where are they going to go? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, you're, you're on an Island. How are they going to get there? Um, so yeah, we've, we've got two airports right. <laughs> on this island. Um, and uh, almost everyone, we fly almost everyone in and out of Kona. Um, right now, there are no direct flights from from anywhere to this island. You've got to fly through Honolulu. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Most, yeah, I you know, Hawaii, I flew in Honolulu, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I actually hate that. I There's something about that layover in Honolulu that just drives me nuts. I always prefer the direct flight. Um, we were annoyed going yeah, back because we, we had to go up to Honolulu in order to get back to the mainland. I just hate that. There's so, and you know what? It, I think what it is is that the walk between the inner island and the mainland terminal is so long, and the Wiki Wiki bus never runs. It's never <laughs> running when I'm there, so I just hate walking that. It gives me a bad attitude. But we just fly everybody in just like normal. And you know what's what's weird is that, and this might be of interest to you guys is that um, where it's the price to fly somebody from LA to Big Island is no more than to fly them from LA to any of the shows on the East Coast. That's what I hear. And um, we're that close to, to Japan, right. China, Korea well, yeah, as well. The, the Japan, and that's why I was kind of surprised you guys haven't had more of a, a Japanese influence in your shows is um, when I was in Tokyo, I'm in Tokyo like once or twice a year for work. And whenever I'm at Narita or the airport, 50% of the advertisements are go to Hawaii because that's the closest they can get to see the United States. So this is a real growth area for us. Um, and we've, we've been working with the Hawaii Tourism Authority. We're going to be meeting with the Japanese Chamber of Commerce and with a couple of the, the main, the big Japanese tourist agencies. One of the problems that we've been told by everyone is that when uh, folks come over from Japan, they want their programming in Japanese. Uh, but I kind of think, I kind of think that a lot of people in Japan do speak English. Um, but I think what's more attractive is us being able to bring guests from Japan to, to Big Island. And that's a very short flight for them. And mm -hmm. using that as a way to attract guests from, um, we have a lot of guests from Australia, New Zealand, and from the West Coast of the United States also. You know, there's, if, if you want to talk to the, the folks who run Studio Ghibli, they're they're really not coming to the U.S. mainland, but they might come here, right? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. And um, or or any of the folks who are in the Gogeta movies or anime. Although you know, even anime, most people I I, I don't want to say. It seems to me a lot of people listen to the dubbed versions, and I'm not sure how interested they are in the original voice actors. I don't know. It's something for us to learn about. Original Japanese voice actors are a hard sell. They, they're a hard sell to the to the U.S. anime fan fan base. Uh, as, it might be, will... They might be good here because a lot of a lot of people who are my age are a little bit, yeah, so I'm 50, uh, a lot of people even down in their 30s, they remind me that when they were little growing up, there was really only one television station here and it was PBS Japan. Oh, so ah. they, so they grew up watching Ultraman in the original Japanese. 
Uh, and it might it might sell better here than than on the mainland. I don't know. Well, as, as Ken is very fond of pointing out, this is my full time job. And I can tell you as one of the North American experts on anime, um, what you just said is true, but it's a regional truth. So, for example, um, you know, we, we, we uh, we've witnessed before going to a convention on the East Coast and seeing one of the most famous, uh, you know, a very famous creator in anime and manga sitting at a table with 10 people in line, and then the English dub actor from a whole other show with 50 people in line. And it's it's frustrating knowing the, the difference between the two. However, um, you know, if you go to places with large Asian or Japanese populations, uh, you know, Los Angeles, the best example. Yeah. You, you have a lot of that. But the, also the, shows, the, the shows that have been established for a period that have done that regularly, yeah. people know to return to that. So you have your like your Otakons and stuff like that mm -hmm. have success mm -hmm. with those. But kind of what you described is the challenge, which is, is there a language barrier? How much of an interactivity mm -hmm. piece is it going to be? And then uh, are people, you know, are going to be? Because, because again, we're playing the numbers game. So can, you know, we joke all the time about anime. Uh, anime Expo has, I think, is somewhere around 100,000 plus attendees right. yeah which is awesome except if you do the math there's 10 million people that live in the la basin right so it's a percentage game um while we're talking yeah. i just pulled up your island and you guys have less than two hundred thousand people living on the on the big island about a hundred thousand yeah yeah so uh, it, that said how many statistically are going to be fans of anime or pop culture or things like that right. and that's kind of where the math comes in if you're drawing a thousand out of less than two hundred thousand. It's not I mean, bad number. Kind of works. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah. a realistic thing. So, you know, it's it's one of those things when you you know, we have a lot of input from the people who are our attendees, and they'll say, oh, we should bring that person. You should bring that person. And um, you know, it's my job. I answer. We have a board of directors. I answer to them, and I have to be financially responsible. Right. And I I'm always doing the calculation of whether or not I think that person's attendance is going to be paid for by the tickets right. that they sell. Mm -hmm. and, and man, that that is it's it's crazier than Vegas. There's no way to know. Oh no. Yeah. Sometimes you're you're bringing in that guest and you think they're gonna be the slam dunk. And then it's the third stringer you brought in that suddenly is hitting it, it's hitting it out of the park and you're sort of scratch your head going, what I miss? You know, um, it's sort of the magic that that some people create with the guests, you know, they, they, the way they, you know, so we've just had some great, great guests. Um, we Colin Ferguson from Eureka um, came out. He was one of our all time favorites. Eddie He's McClintock. Yeah, yeah. Super like, like so tough to find a warmer person on the planet earth. Mindy Sterling came out last year and she ran, uh, what do you call it? Improv workshops for us. Everybody oh, wow. at the convention who wanted to be in her improv workshop could be in her improv workshop. She was going around town touring, giving away tickets to Hawaii Con to people. She goes, yeah, I'm going to be there this weekend. You call Stephanie, she'll give you a ticket. I mean, she's, you, you would not expect those people to be right. maybe necessarily the big fan draws, but their warmth is compelling. So I'm just sad we can't have them back every year because there's- well. And, and that's a trick too. I mean, it, it, we've run into the struggle before with shows where you have a guest and they're beloved and you love them, but there's a mathematical equation of uh, law of diminishing returns. Yeah. People are going to keep coming to see them over and over again, or do you have to keep fresh with what you're, you're bringing in right. 
to attract not only the, the people returning, but also new people to try to grow, grow the show. Um, it's, it's a complicated and interesting problem. Oh, no, the fan sells it's easy. We get told all the time on the internet it's easy. Yeah. Just go on Twitter. They just tell us it's easy all the time. Why is yep. it so hard? Everybody's got an opinion. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm no expert at running. I mean, I'm certainly no expert at running conventions. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, what I'm, what I am good at, I am really good at calling up people who run conventions and begging them for advice. And <laughs> I've been overwhelmed with the generosity of people at different conventions who share their volunteer sign-up forms and um, you know how just how they run all the different aspects of their convention. Well, you're They're not competing so with them. It's lovely. not like you're in the same territory. Come on. <laughs> what do they care, right? I mean, you're an East Coast show. You don't mind. Exactly. We <laughs> well, it's well, we, it we own the East and the West, so. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It, if you're okay, so so getting back to the show and the format here, so I want to come back and touch on the piece where you said that you are collectively operating as Hawaii Con, but for the sake of succeeding with room blocks and such, you're actually running three events at the same time. So you have yeah. pop culture event, mm -hmm. STEM event, you said basically, like mm -hmm. for that, yeah, STEAM education for, for okay. teachers and faculty members, yeah. Okay, and then the third one was just a uh, researchers who study genre, who, who okay, study so the fandom. So it's highbrow nerd conversations, broad, mainstream broad uh, pop culture, and then educational piece, and they kind of all blur together, but they're all under the Hawaii Con umbrella mm -hmm. during during the weekend, and it's a three day show, right? To be honest, it's really just the programming that we wanted to do anyway, and we figured out three different ways to market it. Well, it just sounds like tracks, right. it, 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 like a Dragon Con. And again, because yep. you, you found a good jumping board to start off of, which is, you know, the Let's ideal fan model is Dragon Con because it's, it's yeah. you know, the track format there, um, you know, applies to so much stuff. The 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 goal of doing so is, you know, uh, you know, Ken, my wife and, and, and their crew have all dressed up and, and would go endlessly to every damn Stargate thing they ran for years, you know, while... While I'm running around looking at, um, are we five minutes or ten? Because we started five late. Um, yeah, let's do that. So um, we uh, would, uh, you know, I'm running to anime and I'm running to these other genres. But when you do that, I mean, I remember that was one of the neat things about Dragon is they have like NASA astronauts and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you guys are trying to just localize that sort of uh, vibe. We're like a which mini Dragon Con. We're like a. Um, we're like a tiny, tiny dragon con. Well, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that, especially if you have those weird 2 a.m. room parties. Um, tropical drinks. Tro well, but they're all tropical drinks. <laughs> with, with, tours. with tours. So, um, so and we're, we're four days. So, uh, oh, okay. and normally the way our programming works is on, on wins, we require that. So it sounds like a really snotty thing to say we require this, but our show just doesn't work unless our celebrity guests are here by Wednesday morning. It makes sense. Right. It just doesn't work because yeah. they'll just be wigged out. They won't function. Right. So Thursday, our programming is really slim. Um, we run school programming and then we run, we have, we have a VIP program. Mm -hmm. our, our VIPs are awesome. Um, the VIP tickets about 500 bucks. 
but what they okay. get for that oh, is um, every day they get VIP programming where it's just the VIP guests doing something with one of the celebrities or one of the top scientists or something. Um, and we also have continental breakfast and cocktail hour for our VIPs and our celebrities jointly every night. You, you hit on time shifts, Steph. I don't think people realize what time is it currently in, in, is, in the, on the Big Island? It's 426. So okay. that was a five, five hour time we, shift. We just yeah. had, but you know, we just had time change. Normally it's a six hour. And, and for our people coming in from the East Coast, you know, or if I'm flying in someone from Europe, which is really tough for us. Um, unless, unless it's an exceptional guest, we can't afford to bring in someone from Europe or from New Zealand. Man, that New Zealand flight's a killer. Uh, we just well, can't do it. Yeah, I flew do you guys shift for daylight savings from... time or no? In, in no, we don't. So, okay, so um, that's where the well, why do we need okay. to save time, Tom? It's Hawaii. <laughs> they got plenty of daylight. It's all the time. All this, all the same. Um, so we run tours. And so every celebrity and author who comes in, we're like, okay, do you want to go swimming with the manta rays? Do you want to go snorkeling? Do you want to go touring the coffee farms? What do you want to go do? And then our, our attendees can buy tickets to go do that tour with them which sounds really creepy and weird and probably would not work at other conventions, no right? It would, <laughs> you would have creepy stalker people. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't want to do it, but our attendees are so mellow, you know, they, they come off of the, the snorkel tour. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm looking at Facebook and our guests and our celebrities, our Facebook friends talking to each other because they went on snorkel tour together. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've kind of, we're like a mini dragon con with tours. So it's a lot of moving that's, parts. That's an interesting, interesting way to, to try to approach an offset yeah. cost too, is the, Hey, we're all going to go on the, you know, the volcano tour or the swimming tour. Um, the celebrity is going with it. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from, you know, it's not a, something that's not as common as is, is used to be, but the old Star Trek cons, and then one of our shows, Invader Con, the Invader Zim Con, we ran. We would do the celebrity breakfast and yeah, celebrity, celebrity dinner. dinner. Yep, yep. As a Disney. premium piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it actually, it doesn't. You know, is is yeah. off the walls. It kind of sounds like, hey, we're all going to go snorkeling together. It's margin. You, you know, charge it's, X number of attendees and make it a well, VIP exclusive, and and then you know, it's kind of an experience for. Yeah, everybody she probably hasn't crunched yeah. the numbers as bad as we were, Tom. So right. you, I mean, you, you, you cut that really fast, right? So, so not, so our attendees subsidize the benefit that we're giving right. our celebrities, right? Right. So, yes. oh, yeah. so we get a good, uh, I don't know if this is telling too much about our finances. I, I would share this with anyone though, because I don't think we've got any kind of magic well, aren't sauce. You, aren't you a non-prof? Can't we just, yeah. you're an NPO anyway. We want everybody, I want everybody to be able to have, I think we have really great experience, but so we, we meet with our local tour operators and especially yeah. right now, you know, things are tough. They give us a really, really, really great price. Probably, We're yeah. able to charge a little bit more than that to yeah. our attendees, which then pays the little bit extra pays right. for the cost of the celebrities going. Yeah. And now yeah, I can yeah, market sense, that experience, yeah. you know, so, so Eddie's going to come out with his wife and, and two kids and they're all going to go snorkeling together. And, and that's part of, his really great experience and why he might want to come out here and but i didn't actually have to pay for it because my attendees paid right. for it but they oh, didn't yeah. pay a lot they paid like twenty dollars 
Yeah. And they're still paying less than retail to go on the tour. Well, yeah, yeah. If, you, so. if you think about the collective collective piece here, it's one, I have a celebrity going on a tour, which means the tour company now has potential for photographs they right. can use of celebrity has attended my tour. Okay. See, which, Tommy with the other, he even got the other yeah. angle, the angle yeah, I missed. Which, which is an advertising <laughs> piece. Now that means you have negotiation yeah. with that tour because you can do a sponsor of, Hey, you're, you're also, we're advertising you at the show because we're selling this plus mm. celebs going to show up in your tour. So number two, then you've created a premium, what we call premium experiences. Right, so right, yeah. premium experiences are photo ops, you know, dinner, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's all that this is, is another premium experience. Um, that as long as the guest is comfortable doing so, mm -hmm. then you do it. Cause we have guests do, you know, VIP parties and stuff right. all the time too. Oh, for yeah, these yeah. Bigger yeah. shows. So then you add margin to that. Now mm -hmm. you've got a double dip margin because you've you've talked your vendor into going down for exposure with the celebrity and you've got your fans paying more than the norm of what they see retail. So you've got a pretty good buffer. And that's that's probably yeah. how I would I would assume yeah, I helping mean, you offset the cost of these guests at this point. So it really so we we really try to not gouge our attendees for additional things um, after they've bought their ticket in. So we really try to keep that price right at about what they pay retail to go on that adventure yeah. anyway. Right. So we're trying to, our, our um, we have a, a working, we have a, I don't know if all conventions have this, but we have a, a white paper that describes our philosophical perspective for running our convention and our philosophical, our lead idea is a, a Hawaiian word named, uh, called Pono which is to be right, to walk right in the world harmoniously. And um, it's to to be in good relationship, to try to have good relationships with all these people. So like, we don't just go to one tour operator. We try to work with as many tour operators as want to work with us. And um, we, we have farmers from all over the island bring in their locally grown produce to provide the, the breakfast and cocktail hour appetizers for our guests hmm. right and our local beer company comes in and brings the beer for our evening cocktail hour or the volcano winery brings their drinks um, and so we're trying to bring in all these different pieces of our community that simultaneously try help us keep our costs down and build relationships and hopefully also builds those people's businesses right because our ultimate deal in the end is we want we need so we, we've been terribly hit by the lockdown. Our main mm -hmm. industry, the, the main employer on this island is tourism. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. the number oh, of people Florida. out of work here is, <laughs> yeah. right? You, you get through Florida, yeah. Yeah. off the charts. Um, so we want to build those industries up because the best thing for our kids' education is for their parents to have jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. it all kind of works in together. But we it would be really great to have a conversation with you guys because what I don't know about anime and, and not just anime, but you think about the Japanese contribution um, to genre across the board, oh, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Especially like in gaming, right? Um, because we've got such an Asian heavy population here that really speaks to our attendees. Mm -hmm. And I just have so much education I need in that arena. So oh, much more, more than happy learn. after the show to, to connect you with we have brokers in Japan and, and they're always looking and again you have like we we've brought guests to Florida on our get which is would you like to go to Disney we've, we've brought a cast of a show together 
and sent all of them out with custom ears before. So you have a really great oh, get, cool. which is a good negotiation yep. piece. So more than happy so, to talk after that. But, but I think you guys are, get what we're trying to do. And we're oh, yeah. really just trying to oh, do yeah. something oh, good yeah. for our island. And um, we'd love to have you guys come out here. If you've got guests who'd like to come, um, have them get in touch. And we're looking for guests of all kinds. Um, mm -hmm. uh, authors, gamers, uh, philosophers, psychologists, anybody who's got something that they'd like to come share with, with our captive island audience here, we'd love to have a conversation with them. So- Oh, we, um, we're, we're sure I'm we could find, find tons I'm of people interested in going to Hawaii. <laughs> Well, everybody like says, if you fly island. me out there, I'd be glad to come. And I'm like, yeah, if I flew everybody out here who wants to come to Hawaii, um, yeah, we'd yeah. be in the hole. Um, so I'm I'm at um, Stephanie at HawaiiCon.com. And feel free to email me. Our website is yeah. HawaiiCon.com. It's, you know, we're in transition yet. We're, we're not quite sure about how to reset our website for next mm -hmm. year. Uh, there's so much still in the air. But well, please it, get in touch. It, 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 Yep, and, and we're kind of at the wrap-up. So so just bring us into um, where's the best place to find information. You gave the email address. You said the website's in transition. Mm -hmm. What are the dates for next year? What is your social media? So um, our uh, Twitter, Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook are all just just search HawaiiCon, and it's there. Our website is up and is functional. Yeah, we just haven't pretty. put our new guests, you know, we're so blessed. All of our guests who signed for last year just rolled over. Yeah, I see you got um, Alan Baldwin on the list. I am I'm very, very alarmed at the idea that all of the spring shows have moved to fall. Well, uh, and we have to be cautious. <laughs> it's, wow. it's uh, with, with Fan Expo, oh. um, we had to cancel and move so many last year that it just made logical sense. That we did keep one show in the spring, but we already have a fall date for that. And then as far as Green Mustard with South Anime, we still have one show that we moved from January to Memorial Day weekend. But you, and, Tommy, you, and, have, you gotta be empathetic to the small show. She's hearing all the big boys are moving into her into her quarter. Okay, so yes, yeah. I mean, however, <laughs> but, however, that said, it could become as super saturated as it is. Um, again, I'm, I still have a huge philosophy on this, uh, and, and, and we can wrap up with this, which is everybody's been so stir crazy, they're ready to get out, and the more people are ready to get out, they're looking for places to get out. And if there's one thing Hawaii Con obviously has, it's a place to go. So um, <laughs> perfect. Um, well, my only just my you know, only thing that we're adding whole stream sponsor. is that you, you were supposed to show us a baby pig, and I never got to see the baby pig. Hey Sawyer, I want to see. Can you please bring Reba? We're gonna run the show over so we can show everybody a baby pig. So, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had muted myself before I yelled. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> sound like we're professionals or something. So, um, like I said, so these are uh, we raised kuni kuni pigs, which are the pigs that are originally um, from New Zealand. They're Maori pigs. Kuni ah, kuni Maori. means ah. yeah. means what does it mean? Short and round, short and fat, or something like that. Um, oh and they they really are. But but this is this is a here baby. you go. I, we we have a lot of people watching that are now figuring out what we're doing here. Look at the baby pig. Oh, so this is Reba and we brought her in because she's um, the, the run to the litter. Say hello. Oh my Reba. gosh. So oh all of gosh. our, all of our pigs are named after stars from country and Western music. Ah. <laughs> um, so she's only a few days old um, and the, the rain has baby. been so heavy. I had to bring her in. 
So you, you can't hear it because I have all this high tech mic equipment, but my wife behind my green screen is going, oh, I'm freaking out right now. So, so excellent. These are, I just have to say, if you've watched, if you watch Moana and the way um, Pua is so friendly, these pigs really are like that. I mean, they're, they're the, the sweetest. Um, <laughs> I know that a lot of people have mini pigs, but I think these pigs have a better temperament. So anyway, it's oh, been a pleasure talking to, to you guys. Stephanie, thank you for coming on the show. We learned a lot about, again, uh, running a show in a closed ecosystem, which was our goal. Had a wonderful conversation. And I don't think we're going to be able to top ending any episode in the future ever uh, better than, ladies and gentlemen, here's a baby pig. So on that, we're going to say to the producer, uh, we're going to say goodbye quietly so we don't wake her up. But uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And we'll see you next week for episode 10, where we're going to go from Hawaii to Alaska, Alaska. to talk to come. <laughs> yep. You thanks thought so Edmonton much, you guys. was north. It's been <laughs> yeah. a pleasure. All right. Say goodbye and good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. Take care. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Convention Nerds. The Convention Nerds logo was designed by artist Caitlin Jane. Convention Nerds is a presentation of Wasabi Anime. This recording is copyright 2020 Green Mustard Entertainment, Inc. To learn more about the show, visit greenmustard.com forward slash convention nerds.